Hey you, welcome to the Christian Life Coaching Podcast for Weight Loss. I'm so excited that you are here. Hey you, welcome back to the podcast. All right, this is another one of those episodes directed right toward my personal clients. Um, For a lot of you, if you're listening to this and you're not you know, either a VIP client or um, in the thinner circle, this particular episode might not make a lot of sense to you. So I wanted to share with you something that is, when I look back on my success, something that has been fundamental to my success. And what I mean by that is one of the things I have gotten really good at is in realizing that you know, I usually, I'm usually the thing that gets in my way. But what I have slowly realized is, you know, I don't have a lot of problems in my life. I just have a lot of obedience to the Spirit's guidance in my life. So the Holy Spirit could be saying to me, you know, um, stop watching TV at night after eight o'clock. And if I do it, I think, you know, oh, this isn't really a big deal. I mean, I'm just hanging out watching TV with Landon. But if the Holy Spirit told me not to do it, there's a reason that I can't understand. And I have found that when I obey, God is so near. But when I disobey, I can't hear him. And it's one of those things where I have learned over time, and this is applied to my life in weight loss, and this is applied to my my life in doing what God has called me to do. God sees our selective obedience and or our delayed obedience as disobedience, as sin. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand, um, you know, like I, for instance, a couple of weeks ago, I was having coffee with a friend and it was 110. And God had taught me a powerful lesson about coffee. He told me I am not to drink any coffee after 2 o'clock p.m. Well, on this particular one day, this day, it was just after 1. We drove through Dunkin' Donuts. I got a cup of coffee, and I looked at her, and I said, I only have 50 minutes to drink this. (laughs) You know, and and she was like, you are, like, so hyper-obedient. And you know what? Yeah, I am. Badge of honor. Because I am at that point where... I understand what it's like to lose God's presence, okay? I'm at the point right now where nothing tastes as good or feels as good as feeling God's presence is. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's nothing I will do to sacrifice. I won't sacrifice. I, I just, I can't do it. Reverential fear now for me means not having God near. Like I reverentially fear God but I mostly fear being away from him, if that makes sense. Like when I'm obedient, I feel him with me every single day. And when I'm disobedient, even to the small, like really weird things, I, I notice that he's not near. And I don't like those days. <laughs> Today's kind of one of those days. Yesterday, I did a Sunday Seeker Sesh where I told everybody that, you know, God told me to stop watching Duck Dynasty in the evenings with Landon <clears throat> because he needs me to be working on workshops that he has had me written, had me write. And so I need to be filming and editing them and putting them, you know, in a store on my website and all of these things. 
But in the evenings, you know, I make all these excuses. Well, you know, I only do my writing in the morning. And God's like, no, you do your writing when I tell you to do your writing in accordance to your schedule that you plan out in the day. And my grace is sufficient. I will give you what you need to be able to do it in the summertime in this schedule. But you need to do what I tell you to do when I tell you to do it. Not not whether you feel like you have the energy or not. You need to do it despite feeling like you have the energy. And you know what? I'm only at the point where I am in my life right now physically and just obediently because I've tuned in and realized that obedience needs to be 100%. It needs to be timely and it needs to be, you know, just despite without regard to your feelings. So that's what we're going to talk about today because I've noticed a few of you you've shared with me personally, I'm not going to share anybody's names, <laughs> um, that you've been struggling and I want to meet you in the struggle because I get it. And so this morning I prayed and said, God, you know, what's next? What do you want me to share with these ladies? And he has me walking through the Bible and I'm only in Joshua 7. <laughs> like it is at the time of recording this, the middle of June, and I'm only at Joshua. I mean, come on already, right? But that's because every time I read the Bible, I see even in weight loss and then there's a podcast and then there's a coaching session. And so here we are yet again. So for the sake of reference, I'm going to be referring to the circumstances, the events that take place um, in Joshua uh, 6 through 8. So Joshua chapter 6 through 8. Um, <clears throat> and just all of the stories, everything that goes on there where the Israelites are having to battle and the Israelites are conquering, um, you know, just... Jericho, for example, like all of those battles are taking place. But it's these are powerful stories about the criticality of just obeying God immediately. Not when it makes sense, but even when it doesn't make sense. So let's just dive into this. So in Joshua 6, God has the Israelites. You might remember this. He has the Israelites under Joshua's authority do all kinds of crazy things. You might remember this, you know, marching around Jericho silently um, for six days. I don't remember all the details. And then on the seventh day, doing crazy things and having the priest lead and, you know, do all of these things to just be able to take down the walls of Jericho. So he has under Joshua's authority, the Israelites doing all of these crazy things, things that are totally and completely counter to traditional military attack kind of practices, all in the effort of toward, you know, bringing down the walls of Jericho. And I want you to think about this in the context of your weight loss. As I share this story, and it's not going to be very long, I want you to think about the absurdity of what God had them do relative to what he was wanting to accomplish and how that relates to you on your weight loss journey. I mean, because being a seeker doesn't make any sense, does it? It makes no sense. It's counter to everything the dieting industry has shown you about weight loss. So it's absurd to think that God would have Joshua leave the Israelites seven days marching around a city, playing music, tooting horns and yelling in order to tear down the walls. But that's what he did. Because God's ways are not our ways. God, God's ways defy logic and reason. And so if you're struggling in these areas, this episode is going to speak to you. So as, the, as Joshua had the Israelites do this, and as they did this, what they were told to do over the course of these seven days, in their obedience, they actually defeated Jericho. And they destroyed Jericho. They took the walls down. And they also 
obedient to God, were able to destroy all of the plunder that God told them to destroy. He told them, save nothing for yourself except for the things that are meant to be kept pure for my altar, but the rest of it, destroy it all. In other words, don't keep any of the the little treasures that you kind of want to hold on to. And you know what? They were obedient in every area until they realized they actually weren't. Somebody in their camp had decided to do something seemingly insignificant that brought sin into the Israelites camp. Somebody in their camp kept some of the plunder, things that didn't seem relevant, didn't seem in the grand scheme of things like to be sinful or disobedient because like one of the things was a robe. I mean, how sinful is keeping a robe, right? And that kind of is my point. A lot of things that we're doing and not doing counter to what we hear God telling us to do and not do, they don't seem sinful. They're not obvious. It doesn't matter. God isn't after the obvious. He doesn't want you to find reason or logic. He wants you to obey. So back to the Israelites, Joshua and his soldiers were completely unaware of the sin that had happened in their camp. And they set out then for, after they conquered Jericho, they set out to conquer the next city called Ai, which is spelled A-I. They set out for the next battle against Ai, only to be completely defeated defeated. They were completely confused and they kept asking God, you know, why would you send us in only to be slaughtered? And, you know, they were confused as to why, why they suddenly were met with all of this defeat. It, it, it was almost like they felt, they felt almost as if God wasn't with them. And then God said to Joshua, my goodness, I didn't write down the scripture reference for this. I believe it's Joshua seven twelve. Joshua God says to Joshua, I will not remain with you any longer unless you destroy the things among you that you were told to destroy. Oh, that's powerful. That is powerful. So the Israelites had to atone for that sin. And the wages of that sin were death. Once the sin had been removed, the Israelites then went on to defeat Ai, Ai, again, the city. And that time, when they went on to go into battle against them again, that time God was with them. And he was there the entire time, encouraging and strengthening them. And then he even blessed them by telling them that this time they could keep the plunder. So I want to drive this home and bring this full circle back to you right after this quick commercial break. Hey, okay, welcome back. So before the break, I was kind of just showing you how, you know, We're kind of like those Israelites. If God is telling you not to keep the plunder, not to keep the old things that you used to eat, he needs you to see that you need to just obey him. Because if not, the wages of your sin is death. So if you're struggling right now, I want you to think about what on your journey isn't going well. What is hard? Where could you be out of God's will? What is dying? (laughs) You know, like, where are you failing miserably? What, you know, where do you feel weak? Like you don't have God's strength. Where do you feel discouraged? And think about, you know, what I shared with you about how once sin is removed, how God starts to show up and support you. So what's the moral of this story, Sherry, right? Is that what you're asking? Well, the moral of the story is that sin is sin and 
and selective sin or even delayed, I should say selective obedience or delayed obedience is disobedience. If God tells you to not eat a certain thing anymore, whether it's a food group or, you know, just a dessert after dinner every day, if he's told you not to do it, and you have reasoned or logic, you know, around why you're going to just do it. And 90% of your food is clean, but you're still having these 10% little treats here and there. That is, that's selective obedience. Or if you say, you know, God told me not to watch, like in my case, Duck Dynasty with Landon tonight, but I'm only going to watch one episode, which is what I did last night. I mean, that's selective obedience. Am I right? Do you see that? Because I feel like we kind of need to see this because it's, it's black or white. There is no selective or delayed obedience in God's economy. So in the story that I just shared with you about the Israelites, God was with the Israelites as long as they didn't have sin in their camp. God cannot be near sin. Like I read to you in Joshua 7, 12, I think it was. I will not, this is the Lord saying this to Joshua, I will not remain with you any longer unless you destroy the things among you that were set apart for destruction. So my question for you, beautiful, is this. What in your life, on your weight loss journey, or even just in your life in general, that could be affecting and impacting God's nearness? What has God told you? not to keep, you know, could your weakness right now be due to selective or delayed obedience? You know, maybe it's these old foods that you've held on to, like as your plunder, old foods that are, you know, plunder from your life back when you were walking in your sin nature, when you weren't inviting God into this area of your life. If you have plunder, things that you're doing or eating from your old way of living and being, they could be contaminating your walk with God right now. He has given you his divine nature to clean up this old behavior that exists, this plunder from your sin nature lifestyle, but you must rid your life of it so that he can be near you on this journey, so he can be with you, strengthening you on this narrow path. God cannot be near sin. Remember, just because you haven't killed somebody today, (laughs) just because you haven't stolen something, just because you haven't acted out in rage and anger, doesn't mean that you are pursuing holiness and obeying him in the way that he's telling you to obey him. If you know you shouldn't be eating certain things and you shouldn't be doing certain things and you're doing it, if you know you shouldn't be eating it or doing it, you're bringing sin into this new area of your life and you're struggling without God's help. Do you, have you noticed that on your journey? Because if so, I want you to realize that God could be fleeing from you because he can't be near sin. And it can be something absurd, something so absurd and trivial as do not sit down at night and feed your flesh by watching TV with Landon when it's still six o'clock and you could be downstairs getting done what I need you to do, Sherry. I mean, that's not me creating any major sin, is it? No, it's not. 
but God told me not to do it. Whether I delay obeying or I selectively obey, I'm disobeying and that is sin to me. So have you noticed that you're struggling lately? That you feel like you don't have the strength to do, like you don't have God's grace, his supernatural strength to help you do what you can't do on your own. We must not let, and that's the operative word here, let, because let implies you have some action. We must not let the desire for physical comfort or relief or some sense of immediacy distract us from our spiritual purpose in this life right now. We must reject any objects that serve to remind us of our life in rebellion before God. Because before God gave us his divine nature, when we were born again, we had a sin nature, one where we perpetually rebelled and we got really good at rebellion. And that's the thing that we're fighting against right now as we're attempting to turn a corner and pursue holiness. We have a rebellious nature. And it might not be present in every area of your life, but it might be present in this area right now. So I need you to see it. God needs you to dial it in because he cannot be near sin. When, when the Israelites eliminated the sin from their camp, God did four things that I want you to just be mindful of. If you were to go and read um, Joshua 8, 1, you would see this, but When the Israelites eliminated sin from their camp, God did these four things. He encouraged them. He starts out telling Joshua in um, 8.1, he says, do not be afraid or discouraged. Like he encouraged them. How much would you, how much do you need his encouragement right now? You know what I mean? So the first thing he did was he encouraged them. The second thing he did was he was present with them to strengthen them, to fight, to fight against I when they, he, when they needed to. So he gave them the strength that they couldn't have in their flesh. He gave them the strength. He encouraged them. Number one, the second thing was he gave them his presence to help them with their fight. The third thing was he guided them. He gave them his guidance and his, their promise of a victory. The fourth thing he did was he gave them permission to keep the plunder this time. He gave them physical blessings. God blessed them with his presence when they obeyed. And they actually consciously, with probably great difficulty to resist, when they removed the sin from their lives. Even seemingly unimportant, unimportant, (laughs) easy for me to say, right? Even seemingly unimportant, seemingly irrelevant or noticeable sin. If God has told you to do something, if God has told you to do something, then not doing it is sin to you. Doesn't matter how small it is. Doesn't seem, it doesn't matter how much it seems insignificant. If he has told you to stop doing it, not to eat it or any of the things, then you need to obey. Removing things that your flesh, which is, you know, your soul and your body craves, or even if it's just a habit, a food or a routine, removing it is hard to do on your own. God's help 
is for all things in all areas. Don't think he's only going to help you with the big things. He wants to help you in the little things. Don't think he won't help you stop giving into the cake, for example. Don't think he won't help you walk away from your keto cookie that you have to have after dinner every night or the frustration you feel walking into your granddaughter's birthday party. Okay? He will. He may not have helped you yet in this area, because he sees you doing it alone. And he sees you seeking relief from the food and the feeling over seeking him, over trusting him. He may not even be with you in this battle until you remove the plunder. So the sin isn't just in keeping the plunder or in driving to the store just to buy and eat the pie that you can't help but to feeling like you need to have but in God's directions for you to obey a certain way of living and a certain way of eating in this season of your life God sees your disobedience your sin he sees your disobedience in your indifference to these foods or habits these things he's told you to avoid he sees your indifference think about that he doesn't he knows that you're not blatantly going and pursuing evil but he sees that you're indifferent to these certain areas. So I need you to be hyper aware of that. God will return to you once you see what needs to go and you accept his help to get rid of it. He wants your obedience without reservation. God isn't content with us doing what is just mostly right, okay? He wants an obedient heart seeking and desiring his presence over the joy of food or comfort. We are under God's orders to eliminate any thoughts, practices, foods, or habits that hinder our devotion to him. And you know what? That applies to us even in weight loss. Doesn't matter how big, how small, how seemingly relevant or seemingly irrelevant. So my parting questions for you are these things here. What has God told you to start or stop doing? Whether it's a food to stop eating, an activity, a show, whether it's a person to stop hanging around with, whatever it is, you don't realize how much it's connected to everything. How could your life change if you just obeyed? If you just obeyed. And think about this. When the Israelites removed the plunder, the sin, God encouraged them. He was with them to strengthen them. He guided them. He blessed them with physical blessings for their spiritual disciplines. How much could this improve your life right now in this season, even in weight loss? I want you to think about this. And the next time we meet, let's talk a little bit about how this exercise helped you to overcome whatever obstacle it is that you might be facing right now.